0: Well, hi, friends, and welcome back to the Asbury Deep Dive Podcast. I'm Melissa Ivey, and it's just so good to be with all of you. Today, I've got a few waves whenever I said hi, so it's going to be a giggly podcast today because I have <laughs> friends. sure. Jesse and Andrew here. Say hi, friends.
1: Hi, friends. Hello,
0: friends. <laughs> and they are here to talk about Mental health, we're continuing the mental health series. Super excited to be with them today. Jesse, you guys have met him, he works in students, and Andrew works in kids ministry, and they're trouble when together. So, you're going to have a fun ride today for
2: what
1: happens next. (laughs) I I don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) So, just to kick it off, guys, why don't you tell us about your hobbies and what you guys like to do? Well, hold on. First, how long have you guys been friends?
1: Well a we few We went years? to college together. Yeah, yeah. We had and, some
0: classes together. Right. School. I
1: remember Andrew first as the guy who sat three rows behind me and church administration as the annoying kid who said, What up, Doctor Foster? And then
2: <laughs> Yeah, every single day every during single day. um attendance.
1: I was like, Who's that? I thought guy? I was funny. Why and I, I just remember always,
2: I remember Jesse me. as the dude who fell asleep next to me in introduction to evangelism every single week he fell asleep. It was like a two o'clock class. Oh yeah. He fell
0: asleep every single week. Wow. It was once. right
1: after lunch. And it was awesome. Wow. If I sit still long enough, I will fall asleep. <laughs> I can sleep literally anywhere.
0: That's amazing. All right, what are your hobbies?
1: All right, so... I really enjoy movies, and I think that's something we have in common. Definitely. So, we, we watch a lot of movies watch together. a lot of movies. Um, I listen to podcasts, so it's really, this is just a dream come true to do another podcast. Um, and I'm a huge nerd, and I've been reading comic books since I was a sophomore in high school.
0: How many comic books do you have, Jesse? Um,
1: I have an app that I keep track of all of them on. Oh, and if you guys, like, you know, are guessing, like someone guessed today, they're like, 300? I'm like, no, <laughs> you lowballed it quite a bit. I'm close to 4,000. There's 3,000. You and oh. Hundred and eighty comic, comic books. I almost, I'll, I'll have four thousand wow. by the end of the year.
2: I like how you have projected numbers for the comic books. You <laughs> no, I know for sure. App. You can, yeah. you know. you're right, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, I also love movies. Jesse and I watch a lot of movies together. Oh, yeah. We, we discuss a lot of movies together. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love, I don't know, being outdoors. I guess I love playing golf. Been getting back into golf. I haven't played in a while, but recently I'm getting back in it. Hitting some bombs. Mm. So you'll see me on the tour one day mm. Soon yeah, yeah They play golf around Asbury Yeah we do in all the time It's quite town. dangerous
1: Asbury golf outside We use foam
2: We use soft Yeah we're not yeah. using real yeah, golf yeah, balls Student
1: ministry plays with tennis balls outside Yeah
2: they do it outside um, We do it inside. I did
1: golf camp Whenever I was in like fourth grade I was horrible at it I've also broken a window While playing golf So <laughs> I feel
2: like I feel like golf is a good segue To mental health Because I feel like golf isn't good For my mental health But sometimes it is It's a strange thing right. Wow Wow Great
1: segment like, like golf is Like knowing then. golf though Is like you know exactly What to do But actually making it happen Is completely different
2: Yeah it's different. like It's like
0: life <laughs> it's like, like I know what I'm like, Maybe that applies to mental health But I'm gonna fall apart
2: <laughs> On the way there probably
0: <laughs> Alright alright First question Have you guys struggle, Struggled or wrestled With anxiety And or depression hmm. I think
2: I mean I, I wouldn't you know, go as far as to say I've struggled with clinical depression or or chronic depression or anything like that. But I I can remember times in my life where I would say that my worldview just got shattered. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like I remember so I'm very much I'm an Enneagram one, and if that Mm -hmm. means anything to anybody listening, I'm one who's very drawn to structure and to to morality and things that are right need to be right. I'm very ethical and everything that I do needs to be right and needs to be systemized and it needs to work. And so when I was young, I kind of had this view about the world that systems worked the way they should. Um, And then when I was in college and I was, was, you know, getting involved in the local church and and beginning to understand more about politics and I just, when I realized that the... um, that systems didn't work the way that they were supposed to in general i just remember my world falling apart and i for probably a period of at least a week i mean i was i wasn't eating i wasn't sleeping and and i didn't have the vocabulary for it but looking back i was like well that one hit me really hard and so yeah i just that's just a time that i remember really struggling with just what am i doing here what is my purpose why am i alive Mm. just that kind of feeling Hmm.
1: that's good and I think um, bringing up Enneagram I'm an Enneagram 2 and I can see I can look at different times in my life And so little background on Enneagram 2 if you don't know much I'm very people oriented Um, my life I feel like I'm driven by my heart for people and what can I do for people and like if you ever uh, look up It's Sleeping At Last they have a song (laughs) and he goes through and he does a song for all the Enneagrams but the song talks about how for for Enneagram 2 just talks about how like I will just love people unconditionally mm-hmm. and like that's just kind of what my heart is and I think some of the biggest times in my life wherever I've experienced um, <clears throat> some I think, yeah, I think same with Andrew I've never experienced like clinical, like, depression, clinical depression, depression or like chronic or, depression yeah. but I have experienced moments in my life where things got shook up in a way based on my relationships with people um, first big one in my life was after my parents divorced whenever mm. I was uh, younger and yeah. I remember just like I mean, I think, I don't think it was actually something I really, truly discovered and figured how to process until I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was so much longer, but it just, how it affected me. And like, I remember in high school, just like, you know, going through the step parents process and just knowing, like, I wish I could experience like parents together and just going through all this different stuff. And then, um, I remember leaving high school, going into college, I was finally around people where, uh. I felt like I had friends that had my best interest in mind. And Mm -hmm. so I remember like flourishing in my first years of college just because I had people. But then I also remember senior year of college and realizing everyone's going in different places. And I remember just kind of going through this big process of like, wow, I'm losing all of this. And then also trying to realize like I uh, need to be... I think there's some times in my life where I need to be very clear that who I am basing myself off of and who I'm basing my identity off of yeah. cannot be based in the people uh, around me because yeah. people come and go, and that's a sad part right. of life. But like there, are, there are gonna be those relationships that are always there. Your family, hopefully, and certain, uh, you know relationships should always be there, but sometimes they're not. And so, yeah. what is the one relationship that um, it should always be there? And that's God. And I think throughout college, God uh, really worked on revealing. Himself to me as my father that is going to be constant, that friend that's closer than a brother, and so helping me like with those moments, whenever those like earth shattering things, like I'm like all my friends are moving to other states, but I'm constant, Jesse. Like, I'm your father, I would
2: would totally echo that. Just like all the times of my life when I've Mm. dealt with feelings that I would describe as depression, I Mm. mean, it's because the thing that I had based my identity off of had lost whatever mm, battle right. I was fighting whether it was you know I want to affect I want to be someone who can affect systems to affect change mm. systems don't really work if you look at the world and that broke my world because I yeah. was anchored to that yeah. or no matter what it was no matter it was you know my parents in their success or mm-hmm. my family in their success or me and my success whatever it was that ended up not being what I needed it to be that I anchored myself to yeah. when it fell away I was pulled with it yeah. Um, yeah. and so I think that's especially a battle for men Yes. Just because, you know, we're so, um, attached to our success. I know that we're in a success driven culture, but I think men especially carry this weight of tying their identity to how they succeed and how they provide and, and all these things that, and we lose the, um, we lose the important connection to the father, mm. um, and that's why we struggle so much in our, in our um, generation with fatherlessness, mm-hmm. because I think we've traded f- father for success in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. No. And I think that men really struggle with shame. And I think, I think we talk a lot in our culture about how, how women get shamed, Sure, how our culture puts a lot of shame on women, which is awful. But at the same time, I think men deal with shame and it's much, it's a quieter thing. It's a more internal thing. Mm -hmm. And I think all men are walking around with this kind of quiet sense of shame on the inside that nobody's talking about. And
1: I think I can echo that with, uh, I think I mentioned a little bit in one of our earlier podcasts, Mel, um, but I talked about this moment in life where I was really going processing um, this idea of like, who am I? And trying to figure out my identity. And it was a time where I was really questioning like, why am I the way that I am? Like, why has God put... Certain like personality traits in me, uh, certain uh, spiritual gifts in me. Um, And it all kind of came to a head on this mission trip that I was on. Wherever um, we were around, we were at a school and there were two different things that needed to be happening. There were all this construction stuff, but then there was also like spending time with these kids Mm -hmm. um, that were there. And I just felt in the moment like I need to be with these kids. And like I was just being goofy with these kids. And like people on the team saw me being goofy and... I feel like in the moment they were questioning my manhood they're like Jesse you can go play with the kids but we're gonna go uh, be Do the, the real, successful the man, man work. like doing stuff but then like and that really like brought me t- to head in my mind I was like mm. wow like I remember being that week what I thought was gonna be this great thing struck, like I had a great time with these kids but afterwards like as we would drive back to where we were staying like just really struggling with like am I the successful like minister that I'm supposed to be yeah, wow. am I doing these things right and then I remember just being in the back of this uh, it, we were in the Philippines they had these uh, buses that like that were old jeeps that they now called jeepneys and I was sitting in the back sitting on the floor of this jeepney and God was just like I made you so that you could interact with yeah. kids in a goofy way and you can wow. relate to them. Yeah. And, uh, so I think it was, but it, that preceded like a year of like trying to figure out what is my role in ministry? was, my role in life? And who am I as a man? Yeah.
0: That's, yeah. So. that's really good. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome guys. Before we move on to our next question, I feel a little left out. I'm Enneagram five. Just saying that. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> I just got a little I wanted everyone to know, um, <laughs> for if that means anything to you guys. But so you guys are talking about identity. So tell us about um, how did you root that back in Christ. Tell us kind of about what lies were you believing that you needed to shift. You know, how did you turn from? You know, we all put our identity identities in things that aren't God. So how did you guys find that back in Christ, and how do you keep it there?
2: Right. That's a really good question. <laughs> it You're is. welcome. Um. Man, I think a lot—I think more than a specific lie that I believe it, I think, I think we we accept themes in our life that aren't necessarily true. Um, man, that's a really tough question for me to answer because I feel like I don't want to talk about it. But I'm yeah. going to talk about it. Um, yeah, I feel like I believe the lie that, that my success was— was tied to my identity. And more than mm-hmm. that, it really was it really was this trick of the enemy that that allowed me to believe that my approval, the approval that I gained as a result of my success was what mattered. Yeah. Right? And so I went through a lot of my life and you know, it's it's something that I think I got from my parents and from the world around me and, and none of it was willful, but I think it's the world that we live in where if I succeeded there was approval that came and I understood that approval to equal value. Mm. Um, And I don't know what changed that. I I always think about this one high school camp I went to after my sophomore year of high school when Jesus just wrecked my entire (laughs) life, like laid it all on the floor, rearranged it, put it back together. You know, he's so good. But I just came back with a whole new value system of, you know, pass, fail, win, lose. Your value is immutable. Your value is secured and rooted and anchored in in what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. And there's no changing that. And so there's no changing your value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Jesse,
1: go ahead. For me, um, one of the lies I really struggled with a lot growing up, um, even to this day, like it's a lie that will pop in and it's in re- a reaction to whatever is going on. Like it could be some stressful thing. Um, just whatever it is, um, those moments, whenever, you know, those big transitions that I had in my life, and it was, you're incapable, you cannot Mm -hmm. do this. And um, so in those moments, whenever I like, maybe I latched onto that thought, like, yeah, I can't do this. I really, I'm just not capable of succeeding and doing this thing. And um, what I end up doing in those moments is, I feel like I just kind of shut down. And so I see the problems. And instead of like, maybe actively like doing something about whatever I can do something about it or not I just kind of sit there and I dwell in this moment of just like I'm not capable and so if you read my prayer if you were to don't read my prayer journals but if you ever were to <laughs> if you were to look through my prayer journals oh my and read it you would see these moments and I um, that you can probably see where those it's a lie that I'm going through and I'm experiencing the moment I just write awake my soul and I just like wow. I just write it so often and it's because it's just those moments I'm like soul, you need to wake up. You need to realize your identity isn't based on whether, whether or not you're capable of doing this. I because love of, that. Yeah. Cause I, I know for a fact that God's called me to certain things in yeah. my life and you know what, maybe I'm not capable of it, but I know that God's called me to it and that he's probably capable of
2: it. I love that. The other day I was just, I mean, like yesterday I was thinking about how I feel like when our souls our souls get quiet I feel like mm-hmm. when we're, when our souls aren't being stirred they get quiet like sand settling on the bottom of yeah. some water right um and so when our, when our, you know, our soul is quiet, then all of those other noises are loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the noise of our insecurity, the noise of all those, you know, our shame and, and our guilt and all those other things that gets loud. But when, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and awakes our soul, as you said, it really quiets all of those other things. And mm-hmm. I was just, I was really processing that the other day. And I'm so glad that you said that because it reminded me of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I actually had one of these moments where I was kind of coming out of it. And one of the things that I also do like in the moment of just like dwelling in it is I think in those moments I want to avoid dealing with those things going on in my life you know those like feelings of sadness or anxiety and avoid it because I feel like by addressing it I will feel that shame. Yeah. And so I try mm-hmm. to distract myself with other things. So I remember this moment where I was driving in between Oklahoma City and Tulsa and I was listening to a Star Wars audiobook and I love Star Wars audiobooks. I'm a huge nerd. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll listen to podcasts and I just kind of would distract myself with these things. Not that those right. things are bad, but right. just like I realized in the moment I was doing it because I was trying to distract myself from something. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought back at a time where God and I were just like real tight and we we're doing real good. And I would just like, I remember times when I would drive back, with, make that drive between Oklahoma City, where my parents live, and Tulsa. And I would just have these like moments of worship. And mm-hmm. I thought, that would be really cool. But I don't. There's something I feel like I have to deal with if I go yes. and do this. And then God was like, <laughs> "Shut it off." And like, <laughs> <laughs> and then so I'm trying to like you know put Spotify on. And, and but then and I think the thing is the fear was that I would have to deal with this shame. But really, the reality is whenever we decide to work with God and like go to God with these things, it's not shame that we're going to experience. It's healing that we're going to experience.
2: Bro, you're speaking in to my soul right now. I remember so. My family lives in Dallas, and and I was. Or you in Tulsa? And um, I would drive back and forth not often maybe a few times a semester but it's like a four hour drive and sometimes I would like listen to worship music for four hours and just talk to God right but then when I had something to work through mm-hmm. podcasts <laughs> audiobooks yep. um you know blink 182 got really interesting <laughs> to me really quickly and I didn't because I was like, there's this sense of I should engage right yeah. now. And I was like, but it's just a really good part of the book. God, like I'll, in a second, like, <laughs> let me work, let me work with you. And I just remember that's so funny that you tell that story. Cause I feel like I've experienced the exact same thing of, and then you engage in that moment. And I feel like I've been married for two months now. So the one thing that I've really learned in marriage mm-hmm. is that it looks harder to go through it, mm. but it's a lot easier than walking around it. Right. Yeah. Whatever the issue is. It may hurt to go through it, but it's a lot easier to go through it and come out the other side than to try to walk around it. Yeah,
1: And I'd like to, I think, address men in this moment because um, I think it's something that we struggle with. And I think it's maybe one of our natural tendencies is that we want to step away from the difficult thing. And I feel like with fathers, husbands, um, you know, you want to step away from something. Yeah, And really, I feel like sometimes God's role that he has for us is that we stand firm in those things. Mm-hmm. We stand firm and we be there for our family whenever yeah. we feel like it's difficult to, or we stay there. I'm, in, I'm getting married in October. Um, you just got married. Whoop. And so, um, those, like, there's times where, like, you hear about, you know, husband just walked out of the house. But right. really, what God's called us to, and I feel like that's also in the way we relate with God, is like instead of not walking out on God, but just standing firm because that's where healing and restoration yeah. and those things actually. Are dealt yeah. with and progress, and good things are possible coming out of it. Unless you just you know don't address it, don't talk right. to your family, don't talk to your wife, don't talk to and the I, people that you need to talk to.
2: I even think, as a man, I, th- I would say specifically as men, I feel like we run a lot faster when we're th- when we're the problem, when we cause the issue, right? Yeah. I feel like it's a lot easier for us to stand firm, lead our families, protect our loved ones mm-hmm. when there is an issue outside trying to come in. Right. But we as men in this culture struggle so much when the, the issue that came in the door was invited by me as mm-hmm. the husband, the father, the son, whoever the man is, invited the issue and brought it in on his own. That's when we run mm-hmm. because I feel like we're all struggling with this imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. if that's a term you're familiar with, Yes, that's a good of one. they're going to find out that I'm not as strong as I, as right. I act. Or that I'm not as smart as I act, or all these things. They're gonna find out that I'm not all that I claim to be. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like, what if my church, my family, my friends realize that I am dealing with like str- uh, with lying, or I have lust in my heart, right. or I have these things in right. my life? Yeah, I'm gonna run for that. Oh but yeah. But really, like, again, like I was saying, like the moment where I was with God in my car on my way, way back to Tulsa, it was a freeing moment.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, That's so good So good um, I feel left out again I got so, married in March yeah you, <laughs> yeah you
1: did Yeah you did Yes Three you did I gotta be there as was wonderful newlywed. Yeah. yeah I'll be a newlywed
0: <laughs> That's awesome That's awesome So um, in your guys' day to day life Like current Like within 2020 Yeah um, How do you catch Or when do you start to notice Your mental health start to decline Or your, your uh, um, stability I guess um, Start to decline And how do you kind of catch it And turn back to God, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Turn back to God. Turn back to God.
1: Um, it's an interesting question because I feel like sometimes it's difficult. Like sometimes it just happens whenever you're you gone a little maybe too far. You're like mm-hmm. you're in that moment. And you're like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Um. So and it, I don't know necessarily it's something that I'm really great at yet, and um, Same. that I. So I think that's the hard part of it is like, right. I don't know if I'm
2: great at it yet. Right.
1: Um, but I like, I think it's good just to learn yourself and learn, uh, your, um, uh, I don't know. There's the book celebration of discipline and like the idea of like, yeah. these are the ways that we can relate with God. And whenever those things kind of start to slip, like maybe I'm not praying anymore. Maybe I think for me, one of the big things is like, is God just part of my vocabulary? Yeah. Or am I just kind of like avoiding the topic at all? Yeah. um, And I think some of the ways like I catch on to that is just, you know, I feel like,
2: I don't know. I think it's really good that the the idea of, um, you know, having those red flags Mm. for not necessarily, maybe you're not able to be introspective enough to say, I can see where I'm headed right now, Mm -hmm. but you can be. Vigilant enough to say, these flags are popping up in my life, which right. usually demonstrate that in my spirit, I'm headed in this direction. Mm-hmm. You know good. what I mean? That's really good. Um, so, th- I mean, that's just what you were saying, right. I think, in a different way.
0: But, yeah. yeah. Answered. Yeah. That's good. I definitely think it's a practice to learn how to catch yourself yeah, um, and see and notice and what tends to make you think the lies or yeah. um, avoid yeah. God or all those things. I
2: think, so. I just thought of another answer to your question. Sorry. <laughs> I
0: think for me, one of the things
2: that really causes me to get out of rhythm is when I'm trying to do too many things. Mm, yeah. Hey Amen. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> right. C- and so casino. I remember, I remember we, I mean, I'm sitting in my now wife, then fiance's house. Cause I wrote out the quarantine in their house. Um, cause I didn't want to spend, God knew how many months at that point away from her and our wedding happened. And it was a whole thing. And so I'm sitting in their house. I'm working on my computer with her whole family sitting around And I'm trying to prepare the finances for the wedding. I'm trying to nail down the wedding plans. I'm trying to change the honeymoon plans. I'm trying to get Mm -hmm. the tuxedos ordered. And I'm trying to record videos for work. And I'm trying to do schoolwork. And I'm trying to please her whole family. And I just remember being like, I need to go on a walk. And I just went and I walked around their property for like an hour. Because I was just, I know that I'm slipping because I can feel myself losing control of my Situation, mm. which I think is a very a, probably a guy thing, is when I feel my situation coming out of my grasp, I start to to become undone a little bit. Yep.
1: I think uh, another way to look. I think one of the bigger parts is we're both in ministry. We're all in ministry. Yep. And <laughs> sorry, I don't want to leave you. Yeah, you're right. not left out. We're, we're all in ministry. <laughs> we're all in ministry here. And so, one of the big things is I think that affects it a lot is ministry itself. How to, yeah. I think yeah. ministry has a really good way about kind of getting me into the place where I need to say, all right, awake my soul.
2: Yeah. Um, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, but I think it comes from the idea of, am I being really good at the business of ministry or am I doing the ministry of ministry? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or am I seeking to do Christ ministry or am I just actually getting really good yeah. at the business, you know, right. doing all the right things, checking off all the mm-hmm. right boxes. But in doing so, there is the tendency to lose the heart of it and start, you're being driven not maybe by deadlines instead of being driven by, I want to meet this deadline because yeah. I want to see the life of someone else yeah. change. I want to help others yeah. follow Jesus. But instead, yeah. I'm just going to do this because I know I'm good at my job. Yeah.
2: I went to dinner with a friend the other night and we were talking about that idea mm. sort of, and, and about how you can be really good at the business of ministry and, and, and you and you may not really get anywhere without the character of ministry, yeah. mm. right? So I feel like, especially as young leaders, we're still in a place where God is creating us to be someone who can carry the standard that He's going to give us. But He's still creating us to be those people, right? I'm twenty 22, twenty. You're twenty three, and you're twenty five. <laughs> so it's just like man so we're still being made you know into these people that that God will use us to carry the standard I'm sorry Jesse you're 24 I'm a bad (laughs) friend but um yeah anyway
1: I think that's good and I think uh, you brought up you know like we're young and we're in ministry and I think something I realized time and time again I, I think it Happened recently whenever someone just kind of brought up the idea that like ten years ago as a fresh we were a freshman in high school. And just to like think about where I came from ten years ago? Ten years I was ago in to where I'm grade. right now, just even Sorry. to think where I came from <laughs> Headshare. whenever I was a uh, you know, freshman at ORU. Yeah. And where I was first year out of college. And I think the thing is each of those moments come like that phase that phase of life comes with its own anxieties, those things that are yeah. gonna hurt your heart, those totally. things that are but as you go along, as you, I've just noticed like I'm 24, as I say, as I grow older, I'm not that old yet. Uh, <laughs> but the idea is that I start to learn that, I start to kind of learn the heart of God and start to learn yeah. the, his, um, the idea of placing my identity becomes maybe a little bit more just Firm, and so different things start. Yeah. To rock. So, like, as just remember, it, just, it isn't rocked as much, right? And so, I can't imagine, you know, what is God going to reveal to me, yeah? And what things am I going to go through later on in life, um, in ministry, in my marriage, in my family, yeah. and stuff that is going to be more difficult than what I've experienced now? And so, I think right now is just like what I'm thinking is like encouragement, like, hey, you're going to go through things, but re- bring it back to the identity, yeah. is that if you tie your identity as something that is constant then you are, that is God, then your constant is always going to progress in a positive way. Instead of you place it, your identity in something that can be shaken, can be taken from you. It might progress, but it might progress into something that is dark and not going to last.
2: Right. And I think as we probably attempt to try to steer this conversation back towards something that's super specifically mental health, I would just say that I think our view as men talking about men and Mm -hmm. mental health, it's just like, I feel like men's mental health is almost Oh, not always, but a lot of the time directly tied to identity. Yeah, mm-hmm. And men struggle with mental health when their identity is under attack, which is always yeah. in the world that we live in. Yep. And so I feel like so we'd be remiss if we had a conversation about men's mental health and we didn't talk about identity because it's really the crux of the issue, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's the same for women, but... Um, plays out different, or conversations right. maybe in look a different, different way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so funny that you say that because I mean, I try not to speak for men because I am not one. <laughs> um, but I so often with our, our girls here and our um, teens, as I sit and have conversations, with our college students, you know, it's with women I always steer it back to identity very quickly because I know that's where it's going anyway so it's so cool at least for me to hear that like it's the same for men like that's what the enemy attacks because that's what we operate out of and that's what we need to be able to do ministry in this world and all of those things so um, just as we so final question gentlemen um, so just maybe in a, a if you had a short sentence or what piece of advice or whatnot or what is just something that you've learned that you would love other people to be able to know and learn and grow out of as well the one huge thing
2: that really changed just my mental health because I mean I remember coming into school and I feel like at some point in high school I feel like I had made a decision that I didn't want to feel mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's a decision a lot of men make early yeah, in their, their lives I made that one once right right I, don't, I didn't <laughs> want to <goes> feel well. <laughs> and I took this class and I don't think Jesse was in with me but it was Christian Leadership
1: I took that class I don't think I took it with you okay
2: okay we didn't take it together but anyway it was Christian Leadership class and a whole a whole big part of this class Was about, it was like, you know, the disc test and different personality Mm. tests, learning your leadership style, learning the dark sides of your leadership style, and just a lot of things that were really introspective. And I had never been introspective before because I didn't trust myself to interpret my own feelings. Mm. Um, But I think I learned that year that introspection is one of the biggest tools that you have to learn yourself, right? Which mm-hmm. is why I think we talk about the Enneagram. We talk about the Myers-Briggs. We talk about all these personality tests because if you don't know yourself, you can't really know anything else that well. Mm. And so just the change that I saw in my life going from I will I will not really engage with the way that I'm feeling because I don't know that I can interpret it correctly mm-hmm. to I've put the effort in to learn myself enough to interpret how I'm feeling, change the way that I was able to approach any mental health issues that That's I had awesome. was I know how I'm feeling now as opposed to six years ago when I would say, I'm feeling a lot of things. I don't know what any of them are called or how to deal with it. Yeah, I'm just mad. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's
0: so good. That's really good.
1: I think um, one of the big turning points in my faith and just learning how to deal with, um, you know, the things of this world, you know, I feel like the winds of this world, you know, everything's just kind of like being blown around. There's not like... Just kind of feel like things kind of get jostled around, and uh, how do I deal with a thing that I? I feel like there was a lot of change in my life. You know, I talked about like divorce and then step parents and then like all this different stuff. Um, how do I deal with change like that? And uh, how do you find that constant? Um, I remember one specific time I I asked someone to pray for me, and because I was really just kind of confused about what was going on and what did God have for me and they uh, told me to pray and read my Bible. And I just, <laughs> that's what God wanted. But in that moment, I was like, okay. But that's really what God was wanting to tell me. That right. moment was Pray and read your Bible. Spend some time with me. And in that time, I learned, uh, I don't know if it was from a sermon or something, but the more in depth on the uh, verse, you know, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that word delight, um, the Hebrew translation of it is a nog, which it kind of has a deeper meaning of being molded yeah. and being shaped, wow. and it's like like clay in a potter. And so, if you go and you see God, um, like those moments whenever I'm driving and I'm worshiping God and I'm delighting in the Lord, um, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about what the person who created you thinks about you,
2: and He's mm-hmm. molding and you He's molding you time. at the same time. He's yeah. like
1: this is what I see in you right now but I have an ultimate plan for you. Yeah. And this is, what I have an ultimate like goal of what I want you to look like, what I want you to reflect in this world. And ultimately that is, I want you to reflect Jesus into this world. Yeah. And so, but then your heart changes, your desires yeah. change. It begins to reflect more of what God wants. And uh, I just, I think that's what I would leave it with is that's that lovely. if you delight in him, he's going to change your heart.
2: Right. Yeah. And and I think as your, you know, your, as your heart comes into alignment, then mm. your mind comes so into true. alignment yeah. and your mental health gets to come into it as well
0: yeah that's awesome that's awesome well thanks guys for coming in chatting today oh my gosh um, any one of the most fun podcasts I'd say I've had <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> um, so just as we close would one or both of you not at the same time like to pray for our listeners or <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we would like I, to I pray. Thought, I said that in my yeah. head, and I was like, they're going to start praying at the same time yeah, whenever I ask totally them brother. this.
1: <laughs> Jesse, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, Father God, I just thank you for this moment where I can be here with my friends, Lord. And uh, I just pray for our listeners, and I just pray that uh, you meet them where they're at, God. That I think one of the biggest things that we struggle with is thinking that I need to fix something before I come to you. Mm. But I would just want them to know right now, Lord, that you are going to meet them where they're at and that they have a moment to interact with their creator that knows them better than they know themselves. Mm. And that whatever it is that they're struggling with, Lord, that you meet them there. And then you love us enough to meet us where we're at, but you also love us enough not to leave us there, that you would take us to somewhere new, God. So I just pray that they would know that and they would feel that in their heart that they are beloved children of you.
2: Yeah. Lord, you know, we're just so grateful that, um, your faithfulness is unending um, even in the midst of all the reasons that we feel we don't deserve it, your faithfulness is still an ending, God. Um, so I just ask that you would bring us back to, to, um, the center, bring us back to who you called us to be and, and bring us back to your presence, God. Um, as we learn more about ourselves, as we learn more about what it means to be made in your image, what it means to be, a uh, being created to respond to your presence, God, um, I'm just so grateful for what you've done in my life. And I know that my friends here are so grateful for the work that you're doing in theirs. Um, Just thankful for you, Lord, and everything that you've done for us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.